0: everyone and welcome again to the to the multifamily foundation podcast this is mothers of multifamily and i'm like flubbing up all my words because i have kathy Betke on and she is she is about to be a grandmother and she's she came onto the podcast just to talk to us so i'm so (laughs) honored thank you so much kathy Oh my okay.
1: gosh, I'm so glad it worked out. I mean, like I said, she just went in. It could be another day, but I'm I'm on call. So if I get a beep, I might be leaving. <laughs> that is fine. And we will we will clap you out of here. I am so honored that
0: you're here. But besides waiting for her grandchild to be born, Kathy Fecky is the co-CEO of Real Worth Network and best-selling author of Retire Rich with Rentals. If you have not read that book, pick it up and read it yesterday. She is an active real estate investor, licensed real estate agent, and former mortgage broker specializing in helping people build multi-million dollar real estate portfolios that generate passive monthly cash flow for life. With a passion for researching real estate market cycles, Kathy is a frequent guest and expert on CNN, CNBC, Fox, Bloomberg, NPR, CBS Market Watch, and The Wall Street Journal. She was also named among The Top 100 Most Intriguing Entrepreneurs by Goldman Sachs two years in a row. Kathy hosts two podcasts, and you need to clue into these right now the real worth the real wealth show and real estate news for investors both top 10 podcasts on itunes with listeners in 133 different countries her company real wealth network offers free resources and cutting edge education for beginning and experienced investor real estate investors i should know i go on there and read all the time Kathy is passionate about teaching others how to create real wealth, which she defines as having both the time and the money to live life on your terms. Thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on.
1: Thanks for that intro.
0: <laughs> well, all of it, it's so amazing. You are just an amazing woman, and I am so happy to have you on. So hmm. my question is, how, how do you yeah. do it all? We haven't even talked about your family and your bio. So first, how many children do you have?
1: Two children. They are now 20 and 27 and now a grandbaby from the 27 year old. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. So how do you do it all? How, like that mm-hmm. is probably one of
0: the most experienced bios that I have, I've seen <laughs> in like, like ever. So, oh. how do you do it all? How do you do all these newscasts, podcasts, all the casts? How do you, how are, how are you, Kathy?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I guess I have a lot of energy, but but number one priority has always been my family. And that's really how Real Wealth Network started. I was a stay at home mom. I had been in the broadcast business for many years as a news writer and part time um, anchor woman and news reporter. And, uh, um, when I got married and had children, I was really tired of fighting fire, you know, like having to chase fires and murder stories and all this stuff. So um, I just wanted to raise my little babies. And I had the, the American dream. I had a brand new house with, you know, white, beautiful two-story house and awesomely handsome husband and two beautiful children. So, And, and he had just written a book called Extreme Success and he's an international business coach. So everything was perfect. And then he was on a book tour. He was uh, just back from New York City uh, where he, he had been on a bunch of news stations. And he noticed a freckle. He's a redhead. I don't know how he noticed that freckle, but it turned out it was melanoma. You may have heard the story, but the doctor told him he had six months to live. So it was a, like, <laughs> you can think you're at the top and everything's perfect. And you know everything was perfect. And then suddenly it wasn't. The doctor thought that melanoma had spread to his liver and literally looked him in the eye and said, You've got six months. So we refused to believe it. We refused to believe it. And I think that's the key is like 100% no, we don't accept this diagnosis. And um, he's great today. He's healthy today. But when you go through these kind of uh, medical challenges, it's it's hard on your finances. So um, it was back then that we kind of made a shift. And I said, Well, i have been a stay at home mom. You get to be a stay at home dad, you know, and just enjoy your life. Enjoy the kids. If the doctor's right, he's not, but, um, you know, I'll go figure out the money piece, which I had been out of, out of business, you know, not, not in the working world for several years. So that was a weird and uncomfortable thing to go back in. But really it was this shift that he, he stayed home with the kids and I went out and figured out the money. So let's, let's clue in on that because there are so
0: many mothers out there that do that same thing. They have their babies. They want to stay home. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes their partner can provide for that kind of stability. But mm-hmm. what happens? How do you do that shift when you have to shift back into the workplace? Not necessarily into real estate, but into, into life in general back as the
1: provider. And, in your case, the sole provider? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, my dad told me many years ago that the ability for there to be a one working person household was ending. And he knew why it, it's uh, inflation, it's mm-hmm. fed manipulation of of the money. Um, it's a way of taxing people through inflation. that's that's all it is. And he could see that, and he I remember him saying, there's going to be a time when you know people aren't going to be able to survive on one income. So that's, that's where we're at. You know, it's hard to live on one unless you're in a really affordable place. So even in this case, Rich was still kind of coaching and, and, and doing things at home. He was, uh, that's kind of how we got into real estate as he was managing a rehab. We bought an old house and he, he kind of, um, you know, managed that and then we rented out a bunch of rooms. But uh, so for me, I had been in the news business, and I kept this little radio show in San Francisco. <laughs> I don't know if I even had an audience. Are you, Am I frozen? Oh, did you lose me for a minute? Just a minute. Okay. So go back and say exactly what you just said. Okay. Um, when I, I had this little radio show in San Francisco, yes. but I was not, I didn't have any kind of focus for it. I would just ramble about whatever I wanted to talk about. So not a good format, but it got me out of the house. It got me kind of still in broadcasting, which was my passion. Uh, but it was then that I thought, okay, I, I'm a firm believer of always doing what you love. Always. Because it won't be good otherwise. You, you know, if you don't put your heart and soul into anything, it, it won't be great you know i i met you when you were running <laughs> you know in the middle of a conference you're you know on this diet you're running and you know you're not going to do that unless you're passionate about yes. the results you know <laughs> so for me like the last thing i was going to do was go get a job there was no way um, again 100% commitment to being a mother so i thought well how do i make money and be a, an active mother like how do you do that So I had this radio show and I thought, well, I have that, you know, I'll just focus on that. How do people make money and, you know, still have time? So I think that thing is called passive income. Like how do people do that? And I just started interviewing people. That's, that was, you know, before podcasts, before anything, it was like, somebody must know something I don't know. And I'm going to find out what that is because my kids are that important and my husband's health is that important. I'm going to figure it out. So that's how it started. I just started interviewing people who had become wealthy without trust fund money, you know, like they did it and they did it in a short amount of time and they had created a lifestyle that I wanted. So that's that's basically how it started.
0: So how did you transpose that into your life? How did you tr- figure out that real estate was what you wanted to do through this before podcast, through this radio <laughs> show. Because I love, I love the mindset you you stuck with being and you focused on your family. And when when in a time when you could have just like you could have, if you weren't Kathy Fetke, given it all up and been like, oh my goodness, my husband is sick. Oh my goodness, how am I going to take care of the kids? And you could have gone inward. Instead, you went outward. You thought about exactly what you loved and you did it. So how did you take the next step? What was that next step?
1: So, I mean, really just some of what you said, number one, 100% commitment to whatever it is. 100%. There can't be any doubt, no doubt. So I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And and then second thing is you got to follow your heart. You just got to. And a lot of times it doesn't seem like it's the right match you know like this one hundred percent commitment with what you really want to do, but um, you know it it worked where I thought I love broadcasting I, I love interviewing people i I'm gonna just somehow do this and and um and so I needed money now, and the thing about real estate investing is it helps when you have money, <laughs> even if you don't have money then you've got there's there's other ways, you know, you have to learn more. When you have money, then you can invest in lots of things. But when you don't, you got to be active. So I thought, well, um, you know, it first started with getting a sponsor for the show. Like, okay, I've got to do that. So I just called and called and called everyone in the phone book. Like I went down the list and kept hearing, no, no, no. Finally, I stopped and said, all right, who will say yes to me? You know, it's got to be something irresistible, something no one could say no to. So it it was a reverse. A lot of people try this where they're asking for money, you know, Mm -hmm. they're trying to sell something or raise money or whatever. And they're thinking about themselves. And, you know, I would call and say, hey, would you like to sponsor my show? No, no, of course no one wants to do that. No one wants to just give you money for it. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. So it has to be, what do they want? And how can I provide that? So it was like, well, what do they want? I know. I'm going to call the next person. I'm going to say, I can make you a celebrity in San Francisco. How's that sound? Well, the answer was yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I got my first sponsor. And when he said yes, I was like, oh, I better say an amount. And if I'm going to make a celebrity, I'm going to say a lot of money. And I did. And he said, okay. So it turns out that guy was a mortgage broker. Okay. And I was like, ugh boring how now I'm going to lose my audience and I'm not going to be able to make them a celebrity
0: I'm
1: talking about mortgages. And I came home and I <laughs> told my I'm not have a mortgage show. Just up. <laughs> That's not going to go well. <laughs> um, is it frozen again? Okay. There. Go back to so, go back to I'm, what you said about
0: the mortgage, making the mortgage broker a celebrity. Cause I okay. want to key into that. Cause how, how do you make a, a celebrity <laughs> out of a mortgage broker? I really want to hear this.
1: <laughs> that, that was the, that was the challenge. It's like, okay, how do I make a, a mortgage broker, a celebrity? And how do I make mortgages interesting? Like I have literally sold out, lost my audience. And I came home, told Rich, he just like, you know, you've got a um, he goes. I know what you can do. You can make this human interest. You can talk to his clients and find out what they're doing with these mortgages. I bet they're doing interesting things. I'm like brilliant. So I presented that to the the sponsor, and he goes, "I love it. My my clients are doing amazing things." And so one by one, I interviewed his clients that were buying houses, renovating, flipping, um, people that were. Brring! I mean, these are things that people were doing before these were words. Uh-huh. You know, buying houses, renting out rooms, uh, living in a house that you renovated for two years, um, living in it for two years, renting it for three, and then selling it for a profit, five hundred thousand dollars tax free. I mean, crazy things I'd never heard of, and investing in multifamily, investing in dupe, you know, in, in other parts of the country. So. Every single time I interviewed one of his clients, I would ask a million questions. I would be shocked. I was interviewing people that were retired and they weren't even 30. Half of Many of them had never gone to college. So I just thought, okay, if they can do this, I can do this. I was so thrilled about it. I was following my passion. Suddenly I had an audience, like a big audience. My audience grew because I was excited and it turns out they wanted to know how to build wealth too. So suddenly our phones were just ringing off the hook with people who wanted mortgages. The sponsor came to me and he goes, this has been wildly successful. I am a celebrity now. I have too many clients. I can't handle it all. Go get your real estate license and you can become a mortgage broker. And I did. And oh, and he I forgot to tell you, he pulls out three checks from his wallet. One is $10,000, one is 11000 one is 12000 He goes, oh, I just made this this week. Um, because this was back in you know, the early 2000s where you could make a killing in mortgages. So I got my license and suddenly I was a mortgage broker. That
0: is amazing. <laughs> and it's all from taking that mindset that, you know what, this is what I love to do. I am not going to fail. And focusing in on your big why, your big why mm-hmm. was, is family. And it sounds 100%. like it's always been family.
1: Well, and the the great thing was that this allowed me. You know, I, I still then could be. I could control my schedule, um, and so I could be at anything I needed to be. I was still putting on plays at the school for the kids, and always home by by two thirty when they were out of school. Um, so I could still be a very hands on mom. You have to be super focused. You know, you've got to be able to work during school hours, get stuff done, and then work when they're in bed. But when you're when you're with them, you cherish them and you're a hundred percent with them. You know? I love that
0: mindset because <laughs> too much, especially with everything that's, you know, your phone, you have your phone in front of you and you could be working 24 hours a day because of this oh, this thing, this yes. thing right here. So it's been a challenge for me. So how, how do you stick? Cause there, you can have that want yeah. that when your kids are present that you are present with them, yeah. but it has to be, how do you just. Put the phone down and make that decision that you are not going to be
1: fifty percent there for your kids. Can you talk yeah. to that? Well, I I I will say it's hard for it's hard, but I don't know how to say this. But people don't need that much. They just need a hundred percent of your time and attention for a portion of your time. Literally, if you can go through an entire. Month without ever looking at your husband in the eye and just pausing and connecting and you know just looking yes. you know just looking at each other you could just pass by in the night and it's the same with your kids it, all they really need sometimes is 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 five minutes of undivided attention and acknowledgement and love and and we're all busy and then they go off and do their homework but you're there and you maybe you're doing your work next to them. It doesn't take much to be connected and, to, and for your kids to know how much you love them. So. Oh my goodness.
0: I think, I think Kathy has just, I think you've just like called out a challenge to all of my listeners. The challenge is take, put that phone down and each day take at least five minutes, five minutes. That's all we're asking. And look your partner in the eye, look your husband in the eye, look your wife in the eye, look your children in the eye and say, I'm going to be present for you. I'm not going to think anything else except for you. Because I know a lot of mothers out there, a lot of parents in general, a lot of husbands and wives, us all, like having the fortitude to be present in that moment
1: has become difficult, but it really isn't, is it? It it really isn't. I mean, we, you know, I've been married. Um, oh, I think I'm frozen again. I don't know. No, there you're still go. with us. Okay. <laughs> um, I have known, starting in January, I will have known my husband 25 years. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And when we became empty nesters a couple of years ago, I kind of freaked out. because uh-huh. Even though we had really, you know, invested in each other, it was like suddenly just us, you know, and <sighs> I wasn't sure if we would still like each other. You know? no. I mean, honestly. So, um, so we went to uh, we we did some counseling, and you know, we went to um, tantra classes. We did nice. all these things. It was really awesome, but it was in the tantra. Now you're gonna. Most people think it's a it's sexual, and it can be. But the what what we did was very. It was literally. She just had us straddle each other and stare at each other for like 10 minutes and I burst into tears. I cried for about an hour and that was it. That was our session because it had been so long since it was just the two of us. And so we went back for the second session and and it was like, okay, now stare at each other and just tell each other something you appreciate about them. We did that and I cried for the rest of the session and we left and it was like- You made me cry. (laughs) That's amazing. And now we, that's, you know, it's like, that's what we do. We just, every day we'll just pause and tell each other what we appreciate and, and then also, you know, clear something like, um, you know, 20 years of marriage, you can build up a lot of resentment over things that, you know, maybe you didn't even realize, but it builds up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so one of the things we learned was to just not let it build, you know, to just take that moment to appreciate and then also maybe make a request. Like, that, hey, you know that when you said that, that that kind of hurt uh, yesterday or whatever. Or, you know, I noticed in the business meeting that I didn't feel supported in in an idea I had. I would have really loved it if you handled it this way. And, you know, to just const never let anything build up.
0: <laughs> that is just amazing, amazing advice. Don't let the bad things build up. Talk to your significant other because. Communication is key I mean, when it comes to anything. It, communication is key. So thank you for that. Before I let you go and take care of your daughter and meet <laughs> your new grandbaby, I still can't believe you copped on here. Um, <laughs> what is one more, just one more piece of advice that you wish you had when you first started really generating and becoming the, the woman you are today? What is one piece of advice that you think would have
1: catapulted you a little further, oh my gosh, there's so many it was when I started, I was kind of people are calling me a pioneer now, <laughs> but when I started, I was one of the few women in the industry. I was one of the few women at real estate investor events and and who you know was on had a podcast you know that, because my husband took my radio show and kind of turned it into a podcast so i 've got one of the longest running ones and I'm often the only woman on stage at events, and and not anymore. But back then, Um, so it was interesting trying to be fit into this man's world. And I ended up in development, so I'd be in boardrooms with men in black suits and me, and I couldn't, you know, it was a different world. And I originally thought, oh, I have to try to fit in to their world, and and I I learned pretty. From my husband, he's like, Honey, you are never gonna make a good man. That's just not gonna <laughs> that's just not gonna happen. He wouldn't, I don't think he would have married you <laughs> if, if you were. <laughs> like, just own your feminine power. Just oh. just and he's like feminine power. It's women who try to be men and can there's different kind of feminine power that I've been trying to develop. <laughs> ah, we go back to
0: go back to feminine power, and for my listeners out there, we're going I'm gonna <laughs> go back to feminine power.
1: Okay. Well, the first time I kind of stepped into um, this man's world, I I was really manly, and my husband was like, "Oh, you know, that's not attractive." You know, so he just kept trying to help me understand what feminine power was. And and that I could still be soft. And again, I'm not saying feminine is soft. It's just I am. And mm-hmm. and so he's like, you don't have to try to be somebody else. So when you're in these boardrooms, and I I practice this. I went into a boardroom where I was terrified, and it was all these developers and attorneys and CPAs, and I didn't understand what they were saying, and I was you know lost. And I I just finally I listened. I thought about my husband. I looked at my wedding ring. And I'm like. Um, I'm sorry, I need to interrupt here. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> Can you explain what you, what you mean by that? and uh, that's terminology I don't understand and all of a sudden, I heard the room just go oh, because they didn't understand either. Oh, okay. But I was able and I was unafraid of asking and and not knowing so Sometimes that's a feminine power. Is it, you know, not knowing and, and asking for more clarification and, and having the humility to do that. And, uh, and that's really how it started. When I became a loan broker, I started to have men because back then it was mostly men doing finances and they had this terribly heavy weight to handle the finances and women were generally not involved with those decisions. And so The first loans I did, I had multi-million-dollar men, you know, coming to me. They put all of their finances on the table and look at me in desperation and say, "What should I do?" And I would look at them and be like, "Hold on!" And I'd run into the other room and go to my mentor and ask what they should do, and I come back and tell them. But it was then that I realized, oh my gosh, you know, men are saddled with this, this weight. Of, mm-hmm. of having to lead the family with finances instead of doing it together. And um, so that's off topic of what you're saying, but coming back to, you know, if there's one thing I would say, it's really to recognize that women have a really, I, I think in general, have a deep understanding of at least residential real estate, because we're just providing homes to people. And that's something mm-hmm. women know how to do. We know how to provide homes. So um, trust your intuition on that. And also uh, find a way if you are married to really honor each other's gifts and strengths where I have finally learned through lots of work. I'm the visionary. Rich is the integrator. When we, instead of battling where I've got ideas and he's like, no more ideas. Now we've learned how to work together. And, as a I'm team. laughing because
0: my husband and I are switched.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it can be, you can drive you crazy. Usually opposites attract, but mm-hmm. what, what it really is, is more of a yin yang where yes. opposites uh, complete each other. And, and if you work together and really honor each other's differences, like, wow, that's an incredible strength of yours. Tell me more. So now Rich will say, wow, great idea. Tell me more. Tell me more. Everything. I want to hear it all. And then once that's done, then I'll say, Okay. Now I want to hear all the reasons you think this is not going to work or you know all the, all the things we would need to do to make this happen, like really honoring that we're different. But when we bring these differences together, that's when we're strongest.
0: That is so <laughs> key and something I've learned, actually the hard way, is that I need to let Jason like, tell me all of his ideas. Mm -hmm. Because I will like, I'll I'll start to try and integrate them in my head and I'll, I'll always think of the, I used to think of all the reasons why not. So I have to like think with the positively, why can we, how can we, yeah and then open my mouth and like go back and forth. So that is, that everything you just said is such key information. (laughs) Even what you said about men having, feeling like they have this burden to bear. And coming in as a woman and relieving some of that burden, no matter matter if you're married to the gentleman or if you're in a meeting, if you're in a meeting with all men or all women, like you have a power and you are in there in that room in this relationship for a reason. So find out what that power is and use it. That's fantastic. Thank you so, so very, very, very much, Kathy. I am so honored that you came on our show before I let you go, how can women, how can people out there reach you and find out more about you and learn from you?
1: Well, thank you. Uh, Real Wealth Network is my company, and we have a lot of data and information on there to, to help people. It's free. Uh, finding you know, good market. Oh,
0: shoot. So that was Kathy Fatke, everyone. So go to realworthnetwork.com and learn from Kathy. Learn from what she does. She has so much amazing content. It is fantastic. I go on this website always to take a look at markets, to learn more, and just knowing that she comes from a mindset of family, that's everything. So everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful. Have a great day. Bye now.